Welcome to this Sunday edition of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King, officially now, by the way. Oh, that's right. (laughs) I can say it and say it's on my passport and and, and my driver's license. It was so weird when you showed that to me. Look, my passport says Melissa King. It's official. (laughs) It was official on December 2nd when we got married. Yeah. It was official again on December 23rd when we got married the second time. I know. Now it's official. It's 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 on the passport. I was a little stressful. The whole passport thing? Mm-hmm. We talked about this last I week. I think we it talked about it, but it, I've got it now in the mail, everyone. Yeah, it was frustrating and aggravating and even more so than just the usual waiting in line type stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, it's a, it's a, men don't realize how it's awful. psychologically, str- I just saw someone uh, tweet about this. They were saying that the, the exact same thing that you were talking about, that it's a little stressful for her to think that her kids don't have the last name anymore. I don't like it. And, and I understand that. I completely mm-hmm. accept that. If that mm-hmm. was, if you said, no, I'm not going to change my, my surname to King because I want to have the same last name as my kids, I would I would have no problem with that I know her. you wouldn't. I know. Completely understandable. And now, just very quickly, just to know that it's also nerve-wracking now if I go to do something else. Like my credit cards are yes. in my name. And, yeah. uh, uh, so it's sort of like, oh, what do I do here? Like, I'm this, but I'm this. Yeah. It's really awful. Because with your credit cards, now, if they ever ask for ID, <laughs> yeah, really, which they don't anymore, they're going to have different last names. Yeah, and they're going to go, well, you're not Melissa Berryman. I mean, no. and how do I, what am I going to do? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm a bit, anyway, we'll did, see. It is tough. Um, our official Australian correspondent has written, uh-huh. Have to, we have to agree with Melissa from last week. Some of her comments about chivalry and the roles of men, women, and family. I was always taught to open a door and let ladies go first. The key word is lady. The amount of times I've been glared at or downright abused for not letting a woman have my seat in a bus just because she happens to have lady parts is uncountable. Hmm. Although it's not visually obvious, I do have a disability. And if I'm in a seat, it's usually because I need it. That's part of the problem, though, <clears throat> is that we see it all the time, people who are not overtly disabled sitting in the disabled seating area or here, I don't know about other places, but here in Vancouver, we have, we have pregnant women seating areas, disabled and pregnant. And you'll see someone sitting there and because they're not outwardly disabled, you just think the person's being a jerk. Mm. Um, and so that's part of the problem is that we make these assumptions about people. And the other part of the problem is people are assholes. People will sit. They will. It's unfortunate you can't just say, oh, uh, you have a disability because it could be multiple sclerosis. It could be fibromyalgia. It could be a lot of things that aren't visible. And the disabled refuse to wear signs. Uh, They do. (laughs) (laughs) They should wear a big sign around their neck. I am disabled. But I mean, in most days I feel a bit disabled. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, The various roles in families, Scott says, these days is blurred and totally different from when I and both of you were young. My view is somewhat different, though. Growing up in the bush, everyone's parents both worked. Whether it be on a farm or in town, it was just the way things were. Also, being in a same-sex relationship, Mr. Wonderful and I, I love that he calls him Mr. I Wonderful. I love it, too. <laughs> and I have interchangeable roles in our homes, although as he, as he is working, I tend to do more around the house. Last but not least, the issue of last names is now big in the LGBTQIG community. Mm. As same-sex marriage is now legal in Australia. Yay, Australia! Yay, Australia! I love the fact that we did it in Canada like 10, 12 years ago, and the government said, okay, on this day, same-sex marriage will be legal. And most of us went, okay. <laughs> yeah, there, was well, no, there, was few, there was some protests from the religious community, which yep. is understandable. Yep. But for the vast majority of Canadians, we went, yeah, mm-hmm. what, what, what do I care? Yeah. I'm not gay. What do I care? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
A lot of people are having to go through the process or name changes or hyphenations. I have friends who decided to take one partner's surname and discovered that all the paperwork required one of them to be female and had not yet been updated to recognize the changes in society. Hmm. Okay, give them some, give them some oh, time. Oh, I was just going to say, it's, it's new, yeah. and government takes a long time usually And they've got a lot of forms of and triplicate that are still, they have to get reprinted and that kind of stuff, so they're going to use up the old ones first. Yeah, I suppose. It's just, it's just, it's the whole thing about even being in a, a lineup and saying, okay, here's my driver's license with my other name, and who's did it, and then saying, oh, no, no, you've got to go and get your license. Right. Like, I know we spoke about it, but. That Here's in and of itself. With my picture. With my on picture it. on. Here I am. Hello. <laughs> oh, no. We can't do this. Because yeah. you've got to go and get your license yeah. changed. That was uh, absolutely. And you know, I told you, and I know I told everyone, I'm in the lineup thinking something's going to happen yeah. with my license. You did. You said that. I remember 18 years ago when I first moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and I got a Bank of America um, card for, for the bank. And they said, okay, now just stand over here and we're going to uh, take your picture. And I was like, well, why? Well, we're going to put your picture on your card so it's a better form of security. Well, that's kind of a clever idea. 18 years ago. This mm. was a big deal back mm, then. Mm, mm. And I still remember going into the store one time and paying for something. And they, may I see some ID? I'm sorry, what? May I see some ID? M- my picture's in the card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold the card up to my face. Mm-hmm. It's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But why take that extra step? It's just, it's just so one, stupid. One extra security step. Because right now... As we've said before, we spent 800 bucks on Costco with me using your yeah, card. They didn't even care. They didn't even care. Scott says, waiting patiently for my gift. We sent it off last <gasps> We were hoping it I not- told him. Oh, you told him. Yeah, remember? And he said, as long as it's not something or else that, or a midget, it should be no, fine. Don't say remember because I don't because you don't tell me about the conversations, little flirty conversations. I, t- I read it to have. you. Scott, I read it out to Sean and we laughed. I hope some. I'm thinking maybe we would have heard by now. By the way, tell the folks what the present is and why. You want me to tell Scott? Oh, he doesn't know what the present is. He just knows we had problems with it. (gasps) No, he doesn't know what it is. Okay. No, no, no. I said I hope that your present will, will, Australia will accept it or will go through. Like most island nations, they have very strict import laws for things in general. Um, our my brother-in-law, I get a love saying that. My yeah. brother-in-law, your brother, uh, his son Jack, is an idiot. Jack <laughs> bought a motorcycle in India, and he shouldn't have, and then tried to ship it into Australia. And the regulations, the hoops they had to jump through to get that bike into Australia was so much they eventually abandoned the bike. Well, it cost thousands. Yeah. That had asbestos in it yeah. and all things like that. But in, in Australia, Australia is very careful, and Which, I understand, exactly. and I'm, I, I I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I I have no problem with with no. with the with the why Australia does. Like that. I was telling Scott, might remember this, and Sean's heard this. But when you you used to land in Australia, someone would hop on the plane with a big aerosol can in either hand, and they would literally walk down the <laughs> aisle spraying everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Australia. And you would be spray enveloped in a bunch of whatever. Did they warn you ahead of time they're going to do this? I don't know. Because if you're not Australian, I'm sitting there in the aisle seat, and she's coming down like, (laughs) (laughs) we are now going to come down and sterilize you all. But that's what they did. My friend Sylvia remembers it. You're not Australian, so we don't want any little non-Australian babies. Foreigners first. Well, they only had an all-white. Immigration policy up until uh, in the seventies, in the yeah. mid seventies. Right. So it Which was all not a bad policy. I don't, I don't know. Oh, kidding. All those brown people all that were coming. People, 
Our friend Susan Thayer writes a quite uh-huh. a long email. The rest of the show will be taken up by Susan. Sometimes I wish your podcast was a two-way conversation instead of a recorded publication. I often talk back to you guys while listening. <laughs> Today I decided to write a few things down instead. First off, I think it's amazing oh, that the two of you have found each other and you are creating a beautiful life together. <laughs> Would it be better if you'd met sooner, as Melissa mentioned? Maybe, but then you wouldn't be the people you are today. So who knows, you you would even have gotten together, let alone been as happy together as you are today. Nice. I, I have told um, um, Melissa the story, and Susan hopefully will remember it. When we were in college, uh, um, when Susan and Glenn is, was, my, was my, one of my best friends in college, and he and Susan got together, and they're a wonderful couple, and I, as I've said a million times, so proud that 28, 29, almost 30 years later, they are still together. Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. I'm so very, very Wonderful proud of achievement. And we're, I remember sitting around one time, and Susan just sort of offhandedly said to, to Glenn, that's when they're a boyfriend and girlfriend, um, she said, you know, my friend so-and-so is coming um, down to uh, Vancouver from the interior, Kelowna, or Kelowna. whatever it might be. Yeah. And Glenn said, um, oh, yeah, she's, I mean, Sean, you'd like her. She's really pretty. And, and, and I said to Susan, introduce me. And Susan went, no. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not introducing you to my family <laughs> member. <laughs> to this day, I'm hurt by that. Uh, he, Susan, he has told me this story <laughs> several times now. I'm, I hear his stories a lot now um, over and over. And he is still very hurt by that. <laughs> Although I will secretly say that I understand <laughs> why you did that when he tells me about himself not that long ago. But at th- that period of his life, I can understand but why you said that. But just my life could have been completely different if Susan had done that. <sighs> that simple act of kindness for oh, her. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. You, Uh-oh. Susan is a smart lady. <laughs> And I'm sure she was a smart, beautiful young woman then. And she said that for a reason, Sean, <laughs> that you should reflect on. That's all I'll say about it. Secondly, I have to say that I just love that you, Sean, are having the opportunity to flex parenting skills. So my happiest moments, and my lowest, of course, have been in the course of raising my kids. Susan has two beautiful kids, Joanna and Lucas. I'm thrilled that you are getting this opportunity. I know your childhood wasn't always easy, but through DLTU, I'm getting to hear some of the happier moments, which is pretty cool. You have so much to bring to the table as a parent. It's great to hear you jumping in to help out help out Melissa. Melissa, if you just keep doing what you're doing, Rory's going to turn out to be a fantastic adult. Thank you. So there. Like oh, I keep he's wonderful. You, no, it's uh, not wonderful. He's, he's okay. He is wonderful. He is he's, a special, he's a special little human being. I have two, and I love my first with all my heart and soul, but there's something about Mr. Number Two. Next, she says, regarding the Amber Alert issued on the system here in Ontario. So, mm, Susan. Yes, yes, they Ontario. would have, yes. So, the, the, she, my understanding of how things transpired, it was awful. The typical parents separated, not divorced, the father history of violence. Oh, my God. It was the child's birthday, so dad got her for the. It was, it's all just awful. Ugliness. When the father didn't return the daughter at the predetermined time, mother contacted the police, began a search, went to his home, car wasn't there, no one answered, continued searching. Um, at some point, the police became aware the father had communicated a threat that he might do something violent, which is when police would have ramped up their investigation. Um, in order to understand that to issue an Amber Alert, Susan says, the request has to be made by the regional police force to the Ontario Provincial Police Force. So that's go up the chain to get permission to do it. Who in turn analyze the situation and determine if it's warranted. 
So the time they determined they needed to put out the full cell network all points bulletin, it was 11.30 p.m. Police are searching. There were many complaints that ensued from members of the public regarding the Amber Alert, waking up scaring the crap out of people for something they could do nothing about. And yes, unbelievably, people called 911 to complain. Fucktards, she says. <laughs> Why so wide a net? Well, let's see. He could have conceivably been more than seven hours away from the original drop-off location, which is a huge radius even in terms of driving, let alone flying somewhere. She says, in my humble opinion, it was justified. Um, what also happened was, that as a result of the, uh, the alert, someone did see the alert, recognized the car, called 911, and the father was apprehended, unfortunately, after he had killed his daughter. Um, so in terms of whether the system worked, yes, it did after a fashion. It could have worked faster, but we don't know anything about that. Um she said, in our house alone, our phones, both hers and Glenn's, had different reactions. We had just come home from a dinner out, and Glenn's phone went nuts with a crazy siren. Well, mine just buzzed, and the alert popped up on my home screen. I believe mine reacted that way because I had bedtime set up my iPhone. So what you can do is on your iPhone, you can tell it at 10 o'clock, turn on, do not disturb. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it manually. Mm-hmm. You just there's, you go in the settings, and then you just do not disturb, and there's a thing that says scheduled. And then set your time. You can do midnight to 7 a.m. or whatever time you want. I don't know about Android phones. Um, on first review, it's concerning that people would set up their phones to ignore these alerts, but it's also pretty much guaranteed that if you're in bed at home, it's not going to be very helpful in furthering these kinds of searches. And for the people who are saying they have anxiety, PTSD, sleep problems, blah, 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 and were affected by this alert, consider this your wake-up call to set up your phone appropriately to handle future incidences. Turn it off. Yep. um, um, Susan says, it only has to be this one time for fuck's sake, she says. Do your research and set up your phone accordingly. Yeah. And and to those who took to social media with their disdain for the second alert message that canceled the first, you're an extra special kind of douchebag, she says. I was thankful to get the news the situation had been resolved so I could go to sleep without the thought of this girl's fate weighing on me, which I could do nothing to help. It was, I'll admit, so much sadder to hear in the morning the alert was canceled because they had, in fact, discovered the tragedy. Now, on a more positive note, I realized today what a great audio anthology you are creating for yourselves through DLTU. Just imagine being 80 years old, sitting in the front porch after having Sunday morning pancakes, <laughs> listening to archived copies of DLTU, and remembering when? A cool way to document your life. <laughs> and finally, I'm so freaking sad I won't be in Lisbon with you guys. Hope you have an amazing trip. Yes. If we're still having Sunday morning pancakes when we're 80, we're doing DLTU. Uh, wow. Sure. Absolutely. No, don't, don't be silly. Why not? Don't be silly. You can eat pancakes with no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. You, that. I, I, you know what? You're, you are absolutely right. I, I hadn't thought of that. Um, we, we had our, our usual Sunday morning. We, we love, I have never done this before, and I love doing it. We wake up extra early. Every day of the week, um, but especially on the weekends, it's even better. Wake up extra in the morning. One of us shuffles off to the the the. Could wake up, wake up at different times on the weekends that we do the weekdays. Shuffles off to the the kitchen, pushes the on button on the coffee maker, shuffles back. <laughs> we lie there mumbling at each other until we hear this beep beep. beep. We're so happy with our new coffee maker because <laughs> it's got a beep beep. Do you think it's going to beep? Do you think when it, when it, how long does it take before it beeps? First of all, the question is, do you push the button? Even though we know that the other person pushed 
push the button, but we just have to ask the question. Push the button. And and then we lie there in bed having two cups of coffee for about an hour, hour and a half, just talking. Just just, being silly. Being silly and just absolutely wonderful. (laughs) And this morning, um, Melissa had the classic line. I don't remember what we were talking about, but she said, (laughs) All I can do is manipulate you into doing what I want you to do. that you would admit to something like that. Well, we're not going to go into details, but it was regarding me getting my motorcycle license and we all <laughs> shall say no more. Could manipulate you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of any other way to do it. <laughs> it's an interesting article. I haven't read the article. I just this, The headline really caught my eye. Choosing to sleep in separate beds is the last relationship taboo. I don't agree with that, but... Would that be a big thing if your partner, your significant other, husband, wife, whatever, w- let's just say wanted to sleep in a separate bed? Well, I would hate it. Really? I would be so upset. I would think that. But, you know, we've answered. We um, we addressed Alesha one day very, very long time ago at the beginning of doing the show about a, yeah, a girl that she didn't sleep well or something and her and her boyfriend – they decided or until they got a new bed or something that she should sleep separately and it was sort of an issue. No, I wouldn't like that at all. You know, you they will probably get to an age where there won't be, you know, wild sex happening, but there'll be intimacy and, and touch and that's about connection and love to I, me. I think that's the key to that is the reasons why. Is it because you don't like the person? Is it because you don't like being touched? Is you don't want to be seen naked? What are the reasons behind it? I wouldn't. I've I had a relationship many years ago, where um, the significant other couldn't sleep without a white noise going right. on. Right. And her noise was so loud, I couldn't sleep. She had one of those big industrial yeah. fans. Yeah. And we had to get a two bedroom apartment. Yeah. And it was great. It wasn't awful because we we go to bed, we watch TV, we we'd snuggle, we do whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, time to go to sleep. Okay, kiss, and off she'd go. And I still remember every time she left, she's like, oh, yeah, it's awful. Made, made oh, I wouldn't sad. like it. No, even though I can't sleep snuggling, I can't. I cannot fall asleep in a spooning position or anything else. I sleep in my stomach, and therefore, obviously, I, I can't do that. And uh, Melissa always sleeps facing away from me, which is a little disturbing. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but. The act of being in the same space, even if it's a giant bed like ours, we have a king size, California king size bed, which I love because I'm a big guy. Um, even though you are you are like four feet away, we're still in the same bed. Even if it was separate beds, I had to search around for the hotels that we uh, wanted to stay at in in Portugal because so many of them had twin beds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. <clears throat> I'm not going to go on this wonderful time with my wife and sleep, sleep in separate beds. Oh, even my God, I'd hate even it. Even if they're in the same room, no. I'm not doing that. No. And had to look to make sure that the beds weren't just two twins stuck to that what, the, what they call queen beds. Mm. Europe, Europeans are sneaky little pastors mm. as well. They'll do that. They'll say, it, it's a queen size mm. bed. Stick a fitted sheet over it exactly. and then you fall between, <laughs> between the crack in the middle of the night. Sneaky. Exactly. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't. I think it depends on why, but there's always going to be an undercurrent from one or the, from one partner of why. Why mm. don't they want to sleep with me? What's wrong with me? What's 
So yeah, I think it's 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 not a taboo, but it's certainly a concern. Uh, unless it's related to something medical, yep. something where it's difficult, uh, they're up and down, and it's a mutual decision. Yeah, it would be it would be a hard decision to talk about. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't plan on doing that. By no, the way, neither do I. No. Neither do I. Saw this uh, in New York Times Magazine, which just made me scream in anger. Here's the quote from uh, Twitter. New York Times Magazine writes, he makes $1.2 million a year. He's unhappy because his work feels meaningless. He can't take a pay cut because he feels locked into his lifestyle. He's one of America's many wealthy elite who are miserable with their lives. Boo-hoo. Somebody call a wambulance for this guy. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Do we know who he is or it doesn't matter? Why would you write this article? No, no, I'm not going to say that rich people don't have their problems and unhappinesses just like us poor folk. Mm-hmm. I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. He says, I feel like I'm wasting my life. When I die, is anyone going to care that I earn an extra percentage point of return? My work feels totally, totally meaningless. Welcome to the real world, Sparky. Leave, change it up. I, I, for me, it was disturbing because it shows that the New York Times is a little bit out of touch, you know? Yep. Like, why would they do such an offensive thing? The upper echelon is hoarding money and privilege to a degree not seen in decades, but that doesn't make them happy at work. GFA! Yeah. Are you, this is just so offensive to write this. And like you said, it does feel like the New York Times is, is out of touch in writing this kind of article. Again, yes... The wealthy have their issues, but the vast majority of people don't want to hear about no, them. No, it's a very strange thing to write. It's very offensive. I just—I was just surprised that that they, now the New York Times is certainly a, at the very least, upper middle class newspaper. Mm, mm-hmm. The New York Times Magazine caters to them, so perhaps this is. Because upper middle class, you could be, or if you earn one point two million dollars, let's say the government takes a third of that for taxes, that's upper middle class seven hundred thousand dollars. And like, I think part of it too is is it's um, like the old thing about boiling a frog; you turn the heat up very very gently. So I'm sure he would have started off at the usual wage of many people. He's a Harvard. Let's say I think he's a, yeah he's a Harvard MBA. So he would have started off probably at seventy five hundred thousand dollars out of out of school. And he would have had that lifestyle. And then he would have gotten a raise. And he would increase his lifestyle. And a raise, and a raise, and a raise. And after a while, very slowly, you built up a lifestyle that cost you a certain amount of money that you can't do anything about. And my problem with the story is that if you're a Harvard MBA, you should be smart enough to, A, know how to save money out of your $1.2 million, decrease your spending, so you can save money to, in order to get you out of whatever job you're in right now. Mm-hmm. You do another job. If you're a Harvard MBA, you should be able to find a job in a lot of other freaking places. I'm not saying you got to go work at McDonald's, but there's got to be whatever chosen field you're in, other positions that will more make your work more meaningful. And by the way, Sparky, the vast majority of people do not do meaningful work. No. They do not do work that makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. That makes them think, I'm contributing to society. Mm-hmm. Most people are just pushing paper from one desk to the other desk mm-hmm. or serving up fries. So don't think you're special because oh, my, my work is meaningless. Most people's work is meaningless. That shouldn't be why you're doing work. Work should be for to support the rest of your life and your family and your other pursuits. 
Well, you have free will. And if that was my husband and I was in that position, if he came to me or if I saw it, which I probably would see it, hopefully, because I would hope that my marriage was in a state that I could look at my husband and think, he's not happy. I would say, let's sit down and let's make a five-year plan and let's get out of this. Let's, you know, like decrease our cost of living. Let's look at downscaling and living a life of fulfillment yeah. and uh, so that you're happy and healthier. That's easy to do when you make that much money. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I mean, some people make that decision and go, I don't want this anymore. And they change it. Yeah. So, where? It's a funny little tweet. Um, serious but fanciful question. Forget issues of paradox. Yes. You are abandoned in your homeland, a pauper in the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. What skills or knowledge do you currently have that would help you survive and maintain your existence? I'm a seamstress. I can, ah, make, I can good. make clothing. I can bake. I could make bread. Um, I could prostitute myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I was really desperate. Um. What else? Um, I have to think about it. That's my, being a seamstress is the first one that comes to mind because be, I can make very nice clothing. I'd be the hound. You would Game go around and kill people. Yes, yes, I would. Okay, yep. that's the only skill I have. I'm a big in this situation. The only skill I have is that I'm big. That's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, I could be a farmer. You know, you big strong back kind of thing, but I don't want to do that. I'd yeah. rather I'd rather be the hound. You would rather, but the hound doesn't really make money from what he's doing, unless he's got you know kidnapping or. What would help you survive and maintain your existence? Not get rich. Oh, all right. Okay. And look at Bronn on Game of Thrones. He's done quite well for himself. Well, Bronn's a skilled fighter. Exactly. So you'd so have would, to learn yes, to do that. I would. All right. I would learn to become a skilled fighter. All right. So okay. Interesting thought, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What, what do we have? What What can you do? Hmm. That would that would make your life um, possible. Well, possible in the Middle Ages. Yes. Now here it says in your homeland we'd be in in Canada we'd be screwed because there wasn't anyone here. We weren't there wasn't anyone here. That's right. Anyone here. Same in Australia too. <laughs> it wouldn't work out that well for us here. All all, all, all our native population going who who the white boy. <laughs> Kill him now. Kill the white boy. <laughs> Kill the white boy. Um. 70% of it is talking about money. And maybe this is the uh, the New York Times magazine's problem. 70% of Americans can't answer these three basic money questions. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Question one. Suppose you have $100 in savings account. And the interest rate was 2% per year. After five years, how much do you think you would have in the account if you left the money in there? Multiple choice. A, more than $102. B, exactly $102. C, less than $102. Or D, I don't know. Well, you'd have to base your interest rate each year. I would say $102. Suppose you have $100 in savings account, interest rate 2%. So you're saying your options are... After after, a year, did it say, sorry? No, no. After five years, how much would you have in the account? More than $102? Exactly $102? Less than 102, or you don't know. More than 102. Correct. Yeah. 
That's compound interest. That's right. You have 102 over the first year. Yeah, and then 2% based on 102. Yeah, yes, more than Question 102. Question number two. Imagine that the interest rate on your savings account was 1% per year, and the inflation rate was 2% per year. After one year, how much money would you be able to buy? Sorry, how much would you be able to buy with the money in this account? Again, multiple question. More than today? Exactly the same as today? Less than today? I don't know. I don't know because I don't understand the inflation rate thing. I will be completely honest about that. That's refreshingly honest. Yes. <clears throat> if the inflation rate is higher than the interest rate, you lose money. You lose money. So you'd have less money today than you would before. All right. That's why we talk about wages keeping up with inflation. Right. If the inflation rate was 2%, but you only get a 1% increase in your in your pay, you're losing 1%. Because right. inflation is eating away at the other 1%. Right. Question number three. Do you think the following statement is true or false? Buying a single company stock usually provides a safer return than a stock mutual fund. No, I think mutual funds are safer. <clears throat> Isn't that right? I mean, I'm so I'm sorry. What was the question? Is it true or false? Buying a single company stock provides a safer return than a stock mutual. I fund. would say false. Correct. A single company is a lot riskier than a basket of stocks, and that's why they say don't put all your eggs in one basket. This is the kind of thing seventy percent of Americans. What was it? Can't answer these three. Well, then why don't they questions. teach it in school? Ding 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 ding. My colleague put on Facebook the other day. She said, I'm so glad I learned about parallelograms because when tax time comes around, I'm, you know, I really need to know about parallelograms. <clears throat> Teach me about taxes. Teach me about how to right. do my taxes. Yep. <clears throat> my ex always did our taxes. Then when I was on my own, I was flailing around using TurboTax and I did TurboTax and made mistakes and probably didn't get nearly as much return as what I could have. Now I just take it somewhere to get them done. Which, well, I mean, we did do that for a time and it worked out very, very well if you can take your taxes to an accountant, a really good accountant. Sure. But now, you know, I'd love to be able to just sit and do my own and I'm sure it's not, but it's just all those little yes. things that, you, that the government doesn't tell you that you can oh, no. deduct. Yeah. If you have the basic... Income, there's no deductions that are, aren't obvious, no little weird deductions, car mileage and things like that. Yeah. You're fine. You can you can do your taxes by yourself easily. Mm. But if you've got kids, if you've got anything outside that box, mm -hmm. then it becomes really difficult. One of the things that is so broken about, certainly I'll say Canada and the US, because I haven't got the experience of other countries, is our tax system. The the government knows how much money you make, right? Yes. They know how much money you owe. Tell me the difference. That's it. Don't you don't get you got the supercomputers. You've got the math. You've got you know the deductions. Don't leave it up to me to figure the freaking tax code. Mm -hmm. You do it. Mm -hmm. no, the other thing is, Americans. One of the reasons why Americans, I'm sure it's true in Canada, don't have a more simplified tax code is because of Intuit and H and R Block. They won't let the government make the tax code simpler oh. because they'll lose money. Well, it's like legalese. It's yep. like lawyers. Yeah, they don't want everybody learning the legalese because yep. that's part of the problem is it's a different language. In, in Scandinavian countries, that's exactly what happens. The government knows how much 
you've made, and mm-hmm. they know how much they're going to deduct, and they know your deductions. And every April, whenever tax time is, you either get a check or you get a bill. That's it. You don't got to do but what about your taxes. The, I mean, I'm a, I have to join. I am a member of a college. Yep. Um, what else is a deduction? So my college fees. Um, now I've learned that I can print off all, every single ferry fare that I have done, yep. made on my experience card. It's all a tax deduction. And which you just I, learned that. I just learned that. If you do over $500 a year. So I know that you can issue dental receipts, yep. even even if you have coverage. So I will be able to do that because Rory's got to get braces. Oh, my God, there's so many things that you don't – and then you hear and go, really? And yep. someone will go, yeah, you can do that. They don't tell you. So it how do they do that hard. there then? Because unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your point of view, everything is monitored in Scandinavian countries. All that kind of stuff is all run through the government. It's all, oh. air, air quotes, socialized. So that when you go to the dentist, the dentist reports to the government that you just did this. When you go on the ferry, the ferry reports the government, oh. you just did this. I suppose it's an easier, streamlined way of doing it. Instead of real, well, here, like we have to do in so many things, is if a government dumps it all back on the person and says, yeah. you've got to do you this. If you don't do it right, you're up shit creek and you're going to get a brown envelope yep. a couple of months after you've put in your taxes. Or we get those. to keep money that, ha ha. Oh, but they catch you down. No, those little. No, no, no. The government gets to go. You didn't. You didn't claim enough deductions. Guess what? We keep the money. Oh, that's true. You're, you're entitled to this deduction, but if you don't claim it, we ain't giving it to you. No, they don't give it to you. I will say though that they're very. Even if it, they're very precise in. Even if it's just like twelve dollars or whatever, they'll they'll send you a check. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The spending more than what they're. You know, like they're not making any money doing that. They're the other, losing money. The other problem that people do, and when I was working in, in uh, corporate Canada, America, this would happen, is that you would tell the company payroll office, you know what, just take more tax off. Yeah. Just, just deduct more. Yeah. That way I'm, I'm covering myself. But exactly. the problem with doing that is you give the government an interest-free loan of your money. You do. Ideally, you should fill your taxes out in April and have zero. You ain't getting any, you ain't paying any. Hmm. That's the way it should be because that means you're paying exactly the right amount of taxes. Mm-hmm. You're not overpaying your taxes. So the government's mm-hmm. got to give that money back to you mm-hmm. because when you give the government money, they can then use that money well, for other things. That's like my pension plan. Exactly. They've it's got it. a lot of money off of little old me. We do that a lot. Every single um, Starbucks card, every single store store um, gift card, they're all working in the same principle. When I when I load my Starbucks card with twenty dollars, Starbucks now has twenty bucks, and they can loan that money to other banks. Mm-hmm. They can they can use it to build things. They mm-hmm. can say to their bankers, "I've got twenty bucks. Lo- that this person's going to pay me. They've already paid me the twenty bucks, mm-hmm. so you can give me nineteen dollars, mm-hmm. and I can go build a new Starbucks." That's mm-hmm. how they they do that. Yeah. That's why I keep my Starbucks balance at a bare minimum of ten dollars. Mm, you don't want to give Starbucks any give, extra I, money I'm not for giving them an interest free loan of my money. Mm-hmm. That's what those things are. Yep. Um, Carl Lagerfeld, the design. The, the, May the, I have a drink, the, please, Mister King? Thank you. Uh, Carl Lagerfeld, Water. the uh, designer, uh, passed away. 80, the eighty-five-year-old sweatpants loathing icon died Tuesday. Uh, his estate is estimated to be worth one hundred twenty-five million dollars. Mm. Wow! Actually, it's not that much these days, is it? Well, <clears throat> it is a significant amount of money when you're a cat. He only has a... Well, he didn't leave it to the cat. Oh, good Lord. He left it to a cat? He left the money to Chopin, his cat. 
All right. Why couldn't he have thought of some wonderful charity or something to His observe? cat. So what happens now? The cat lives in style for the next 10 years. You're kidding that is me. The mo- I, I shit you not. I'm sorry, but I... Carl Lagerfeld's cat show pay could be set to inherit a chunk of the late fashion legend's estimated $125 million fortune. He previously said that he'd name his beloved Berman Kitty as one of his heirs. Um... Lagerfeld has gushed about how much he loves Chopet, who he received as a newborn kitten. Um, there's no marriage. Um, no children, no, no marriage, children. no nephews, at, nieces, at home, sisters. The, by the way, the cat has 200,000 Instagram followers um, and 51,000 followers on Twitter. Um, at home, the charmed cat has two maids who groom her four times a day. Enjoys the same meal as her master at the dining table. Lounges on a $13,000 sofa when traveling. Rides in style in a $1,900 Louis Vuitton carrier bag. Lagerfeld suggested he wanted to live in eternity with the cat. No. 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 Well, if he said it. No, I don't care. Oh, well, what are they going to do then? The cat gets... A thousand dollars. All right, live on that. Can the cat open a bank? No, no. But what happens now? Then they give it to me because I'll spend it better than the cat. Well, but legally, what can they do if he has said my fortune goes to my cat? His, they have will, to- his will hasn't been revealed yet. Oh. But he can give any amount of money he wants to the cat. If he wants to give twenty five million dollars to the cat, he can. And what will happen is is his lawyers will set up a um, a fund, a trust fund for the fucking cat that. All the cat's expenses will get paid out of the trust fund. Now, the cat's expenses should be kibbles and litter. That's it. (laughs) Okay? Well, you have to pay the groomers. No, no. The cat can lick itself. Uh And the Louis Vuitton bag goes out the window. Here's a $5 (laughs) Petco bag. (laughs) But seriously, though, what's going to happen to all that money? What happens when the cat dies? That's obscene. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm Utterly sp- and completely obscene. Mm-hmm. So much inequality in the world, and you're going to leave any amount of money to a fucking cat. Yeah, well, I would want my cat to be taken care of. Of course. You know, I'd say you take care and make sure that she or he has a, a, a good, safe, healthy life. Kibbles and litter. And the rest. Lifetime supply. You get a lifetime supply of kibbles and litter. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need. And someone to take care of her. It's a cat. They take care of themselves. No, I know, but she has to live somewhere. I'm just saying. For, she, to honor him and his wishes. She can live with us. Chopet can live with us. <laughs> Chopet. <laughs> but it's just, it's just another one of those things that people do. Not to speak. Uh, yes, go on. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to speak ill of the dead. He could have given that money to a. Parisian orphanage. He could. He could have set up a trust fund for a scholarship fund for fashion designers. As he, much as I loathe the whole fashion in, industry. Well, I'm sorry. I was gonna. My yes, go on. I'm he could have done something you. good with the money along mm. those lines yes. instead of wasting a dollar outside of kibbles and litter. Yeah. For a fucking cat. Which just shows you the mentality of. See, I hate that industry as well. But it's a healthy industry, too. It's bizarre. Well, no, it's not healthy. No, I mean, financially, it's it's healthy. That is not healthy in any other way, shape, or form. I could not agree with you more. Full of fucking batshit crazy people. 
I could just have a little bit. We would no, take shit. good care Absolutely. of show pets. I mean, look how I spoil our cats. I'd get rid of Mandy in, in order for, for show You pets. would not. In a, in, on a heartbeat. No, Wallace. For a million dollars? No, because Wallace and show pet will get along. Mandy's a bitch. No, Mandy is my little princess. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> Let's do our advice section of Don't Listen to Us. As always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. My boyfriend and I both got divorced around the same time. Um, they're finally over, so we've begun to talk seriously about marriage and starting a family. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. During one of our conversations, he mentioned that his ex-wife doesn't intend to change back to her maiden name. Something mm-hmm. you and I have spoken mm-hmm. about tangentially. tangentially. I was shocked. Because she took advantage of him financially, was emotionally, emotionally abusive during their marriage. They had no kids, so it has nothing to do with her wanting to share the same name with them. They were married only a few years, so she isn't well established under that name either. When I asked him why she wasn't changing it, he told me she said his family was always nicer to her than her own. I suggested he ask her to adopt another last name of her choosing, if she doesn't want to go back to her maiden name rather than be falsely associated with a family she's no longer part of or welcome in. He won't consider taking on my last name, so I'm thinking about keeping my own maiden name after our marriage until she changes hers. Am I overreacting, or are there two two misses too many? You know what? Just move on. Distance yourself from that. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Really. It doesn't. She just needs to go, whatever. He's marrying me. He loves me. And then just let it go. The only issue, and it's a minor one, and it does not excuse the the pettiness of this woman, is that if they all worked in the same field, and she could be mistaken for the divorced missus. But that's highly unlikely. Very, very unlikely. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, no, I think that's just too minor to worry about. She needs to just forget about it. And unless it was a distinctive name, or a famous name that other people would recognize, mm. you know, Mrs. Trump. Which Mrs. Trump are you, the third one or the second one kind of thing? Well, she didn't mention that, so she would have, I think. But absent those two things, you know, you're being petty. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, Just leave her it. Her life, ignore it. She's going yeah. to go off and do Whatever she's going to do, yeah. don't. It doesn't mean that she's linked to him forever. It's just a name. Exactly. It. 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 it as as we've said here. It makes no difference to me whatsoever whether Melissa took my last name or not. I think she should because it's a cool last name. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be a king? I mean, come on. <laughs> but but if and we never had the conversation. But if if you had said, oh by the way, I'm going to stay Melissa Berryman, I would have gone okay mm-hmm. and wouldn't have had any problems at all because. As we always say, it's nothing. It's not ownership. It's got nothing to do with any of that stuff. No. And I recognize the giant, as we've discovered, the giant pain in the ass it is for women to change their maiden names. Yes. So yeah, it's this is just small and petty. It's just silly. Just and she can't be Mrs. Uh, whatever it is. She ha- she can't be Mrs. anymore because they're divorced. So she can't represent herself as being Mrs. Smith. Now, that's interesting because I know many divorced women will keep the divorce name and still be Mrs. How can you still be Mrs. though? You're legally not a Mrs. You can be Ms. But you can legally call yourself whatever you want. So if you want to be Mrs. Frankenstein, you can be Mrs. Frankenstein. Mm, that's that's misrepresentation then. I, I, if she's going to call herself Mrs., then I'd go, eh, I would worry about that. A relative of mine is considering a financial move I believe is a major mistake. 
His only financial asset is his home. He plans to put it on the market with the intention of repurchasing it when, in his words, real estate crashes next year in Los Angeles. Really? You can predict the future, can you? In the interim, he will rent a similar home for a cost comparable to his monthly mortgage payment. That is so stupid! I have three decades of experience in financial markets and real estate, and everything tells me my relative is making a huge mistake. The world's most experienced investors all agree it's impossible to time markets, be they financial, equity, or real estate. Saddled with a high monthly rent, I fear my relative will burn through the proceeds on the sale of his home in a few years and be left with nothing. Granted, there's a chance that I'm wrong, and the real estate in Los Angeles will decline as my 50%, as my relative believes. If I persuade him to keep his house and it plunges in value, I will give him terrible advice. First of all, real estate is not going to plunge 50% in, in LA. LA. Get out of here. Unless someone drops a nuclear bomb on it, even, <laughs> even then, then. It'll, it'll drop it in 25%. Yeah. I've never heard of anything like it. He's what? trying to flip his own house. Yes, yes, exactly. Except opposite. That's right. What is my ethical obligation here? My relative is thin-skinned, and I worry about damaging our relationship. But I believe that he will enter his retirement years with no safety net if he takes this path. Mm. Well, I don't think there's anything ever wrong with giving someone sound advice, but if it's hard because it's a family member, then perhaps you guide that family member to specific articles or documents from experts to let them find out their own way because you can't do it yourself. I would first want to know, this per- he said this is a person's a relative. They don't say what relative. If this was a cousin, I wouldn't care. This is my brother, my father, you know, that kind of closer relationship, I would yeah. care more. And secondly, I would say, look, this is me. I've got experience in this stuff, but you don't believe what I'm saying. Let me set you up with a real estate planner or a financial mm-hmm. planner. And, let he, and you tell your idea to them and see what they say. And then you can decide whatever you want to decide. But there is no doubt this is a stupid idea. Oh, it's terrible. Utterly ridiculous. If he's got, if he's got no other assets, mm. it doesn't sound like he's, he's getting close to retirement age. He's got mm. no job or anything else like that. Mm. That's, this is just the dumbest thing in the world you could possibly do. Mm-hmm. And there is no reason to believe real estate in L.A. is going to crash that much. Obviously, he's heard it or read it or... It's probably some conspiracy theory he saw on YouTube somewhere because there is no reason to believe that something's going to happen to that catastrophic extent. And if there's any ever anything like this with a family member, you do have to distance yourself, but no, but do the right thing in saying... You know, if you don't believe me, I would really recommend that you see this person. Yeah. And then that's the best you can do. And then you got to move on and let them make their mistakes. You say that, uh, or the, the writer says that uh, the relative is thin-skinned. I have very little sympathy for thin-skinned people. And the, 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 as, as Dennis Miller, the, De, sorry, Dennis Leary, the comedian said, life's tough, get a fucking helmet. Mm-hmm. Corey it, says, suck it up, buttercup. Exactly. I mean, if you're thin-skinned, life's going to beat you up a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. And you especially can't be thin-skinned about or from relatives who are trying to help you. This relative isn't trying to steal your house or buy it from you at a, at a low rate. They're trying to do their best for you. So don't be thin-skinned if they give you advice that you disagree with. Just disagree with the advice. Don't be upset. Don't cut off the relative, blah, blah, blah. And for this person who wrote, 
if your old if does do that after you give them this advice, yeah. you cut them out of your life. No, I'm, but just I think it's important to know for your own integrity that you tried. And all you can do is, it's like me and my job I do. All I, can do. all I can document is that I tried to advise this family, yep. I blah, 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 and I did it. And that's all you can do. Yep, I did People my have, best. I did my best. And if you choose not to take my best, that's on you. That's then. your decision. The problem is, when this doesn't work, if, if the relative goes ahead with this and this doesn't work, will this relative feel on the hook to support is now well, that's different. If it was your father and you're going, oh my God, dad, like yep. I'm not going to be able to support you if yep. this doesn't work exactly. and I won't. Yeah, that would be a tricky one. Yeah. If you were rich enough, you could buy the house. Yes, exactly. But yeah, that's just a dumb <clears> idea. <throat> you, it, it might work if you sold the house and then got it rented a place for like half your mortgage, mm-hmm. what you're paying now. Yeah, but not rent but a place. Then, you're not saving any money. Yeah, that's it. So I'm saying it, it would have to be half the... Yeah, that's right. That you're paying now. Even that in and of itself is a stupid decision. Because yes, some exactly. people decide, you know what? Now, I knew people that do this. Yeah, my friend that I worked with, she's left, she moved, she moved to Alberta. Um, they decided as a family Hang that on, they I'm were. Gonna, they moved to Alberta. For our American friends, no one does that. No, no, no. <laughs> you don't, you don't go, move to Alberta. You leave Alberta. It's like you don't moving go to, to Ontario. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, or the prairies, no, or any like, of yeah. Canada. It'd be more like moving to Kansas. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, you just don't want to. You know, it's been minus 48 degrees out there. <laughs> That's right. But uh, they decided um, to sell their home because they wanted more liquid income. They decided it, that they were just going to sell it. Uh, the real estate was really high at the time here on the coast. It will happen again. It will go sky high again. And they sold and rented at a much lesser cost because they were so tired of all the debt. They just wanted to get out of debt. So I see that as being a, 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 a not a bad decision. Yep. Yeah. Because a home, if you've taken care of it, it's in a good neighborhood, it's nice. A home is like a piggy bank. Yeah. You, you can't get the money of the piggy bank though until you break it, mm-hmm. until you sell the house. Mm-hmm. The, the, your home, the value of your home is locked into the home until you sell it you're not getting that value out so the home may be a continual drain on you mm-hmm. you need a new roof and you need a new furnace and you want to renovate the bathroom and that kind of stuff that sucks money out of your wallet and puts it in the piggy bank because in theory your home gets you give it you value. increase the value but you don't get that value until it's sold no it's like people say in the stock market you know so-and-so just lost a billion dollars because the stock market crashed yesterday no well, they didn't it. really lose it. Exactly. Yeah, the value kind of, a, of his stock may have gone down. Yeah, but until he tries to sell it, it's, it's still, kind of virtual when it's yeah, at that point. Absolutely. But you know, uh, uh, in a being in a situation here on the coast, we have a lovely little house, but the mortgage here is less than what we could get anything we would pay for rent. I mean, we're in a really good situation, yeah, because, yeah. and I know I got to pay property taxes and all that stuff. But yeah, for the equivalent. <clears throat> home, say a little bit bigger, we'd be paying twenty two hundred bucks a month. Oh, easily, 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 and not in a good, as good a location. As we oh have. no! And Rory can walk to school. We can walk to the grocery store. Oh, it's fa- the ferry is th- three minutes away in the car. One of the things that that people don't realize is they think there's there's two towns here on Sunshine Coast. A uh, little town we're in called Gibson, about six thousand people. And then a half hour, 45 minutes up the road, Seashield. Um, I think about 10, 12,000. Mm, yes, bigger. So people think, oh, I'm living in Seashield, bigger. Blah, blah, blah. But 
But you don't realize if you're in the big city all day long, or even say you've flown into Vancouver, we're, we're, we're going to Portugal at the end of the, the month. Uh, on Sunday, we're going to come back after a transatlantic, transcontinental flight. We're going to get on a bus. We're going to be exhausted. We're going to get in a ferry, and then five minutes later, we're home. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get on a ferry and then drive another 45 minutes That's right. after this long, exhausting trip. Yeah. It makes a big You're, difference. Oh, no. The value, I mean, the value of this house has gone up 100000 yes. since I bought it. Right. It's amazing. And the yes. mortgage has two a years. two in front of it. <laughs> Just had to say that. Quite proud of that. I'm... Under what I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to say this properly. Um, let's assume that someone we know has a job where there is an employee that's a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. and you can't get rid of that employee because that employee's got tenure or that employee's got in you know, a union or that kind of stuff, and you just got to kind of suck it up and find some way to maneuver around this employee. Mm. One of the problems a lot of people have, and we've talked about this in the past, is that people can't, especially in America, can't quit their jobs because of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Their company is a really good healthcare program. It covers mm-hmm. them, their kids, their husband, their wife. And so even if the job sucks, mm. you're t- kind of trapped in the job. I think I would quit this job. Mm-hmm. I'm an administrator for a private recovery mental health center. We were notified last year that we, are, that we now have a mandatory group therapy session as staff, first thing in the morning at 8 a.m. and before we leave at 5.30 p.m. And then all staff must participate. Are you, I could stop right there and go, no, I'll quit. I, I quit. Sorry, no. What the hell's wrong? Mandatory group therapy? What? That's insanity. Is it paid for? I'm a salaried employee. I don't get overtime. I come in at 7 a.m. Mm. I leave at 3.30. Mm. We're expected now to stay until 5.30. But I can't alter the time I come in. So they have to be there from 7 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. now. Oh. And that means two hours, unpaid, <gasps> just mm. sitting around. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm essentially working for an extra two hours for free daily. We're expected to fully therapize in the session. I'm just not just checking in with everyone how their day was or a morning meeting. We had to fill up paperwork about our childhood and life trauma that asked us if we had been sexually abused. I was horrified the personal things our manager is expecting us to, to divulge to him. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I reported my boss, but our executive branch and board of directors are very, very slow to respond. I rely on my job because the insurance is amazing. Say, this is the problem. But this is insane. I'm usually great at keeping my work life and home life separate, but the idea of going to work now makes me nauseous. Am oh, I wrong here? No. Am I mistaking concern for the health of our staff for something else? Quit. Find another job, quit. Uh, you have to. That That's not okay. It's not just that they're making you work two hours. And by the way, I wouldn't be working for another two hours. I'd be sitting at my desk playing Tetris. <sighs> I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be on Twitter. There's no way I'm going to sit there and work an extra two hours waiting for my freaking mandatory therapy session. Wow. That can't be legal. It probably it can't, is. Well, in the States, in the States though, I, I, I question that. No, um, whether it's... Uh, you know... <clears throat> You have no obligation to let your workplace or colleagues know anything about you. I am intensely private at work and I always have been. I leave a portion of myself at home. I go to work and I don't like people to know too much about me. People know the surface stuff. 
but I don't want people knowing the ins and outs of who I am in my life. I had to force Melissa to do this show. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yes, this is huge for me to do this show. So I could not cope with that. I could not. I couldn't go to work and be sitting around therapizing with my colleagues. Nope. That To me, that is anti-productive. It's not – I'm here to do a job. I'm not here to share with you about my life and my past traumas. I can't imagine a job you'd have where that kind of therapy is – Necessary to doing the job. Yes. Well, you could confront them about that in a very professional way. You could start a document to say, I would like to know how does this help the mandate of my position? How is this enhancing my ability to do my job? How is this enhancing, enhancing my um, uh, relationship with colleagues? How is this doing that? No. Okay, please tell me. And why does my boss know whether I was sexually abused as a child or not? They don't need to know. It sounds to me like they're trying to link it to the quality of the work that you do with the people that are recovering from mental health issues, which I don't think anyone really recovers. I mean, so that they're able to get back out into the world. Or the job is trying to cover their ass that if someone goes rogue and turns postal on them, they can well, go, it is America. We, we did all, we, exactly. That's we, true. We did our best to make sure everyone was mentally well. Which is an insane thing. But I don't know of examples where people that work in, in facilities like that uh, um, uh, screw up their, yeah. their clients because of sometimes past traumas. I mean, for example, uh, my ex's brother was, ha, is, ha, was a heroin addict for most of his life, for like decades Not and was, decades. Still is. Still is. Still once, is. Once an addict, always an addict. And um, when he worked at one of the most reputable rehab centers in New York State, out of Schenectady there, I think it was in Schenectady or in one of the adjoining Albany. Anyways, he was the most incredible therapist ever when it came to drug rehab because he he would yeah. say to them, I know you Been because I that. am you. Yeah. And so he was, it, it enhances your ability to do your job sometimes. Yeah. So they don't have any reason or right to know about anything unless you were a murderer and you're in jail or something. Jeez. I'm 62 years old, getting married for the third time. Uh, good for you. Okay. I bought my next wife a beautiful $7,000 diamond engagement ring. Ooh. Do you think it would be okay to ask her to pass it on to my daughter after she passes? Well, that's... Kind of a, a, I don't know what their relationship is, or no, it's it's easy easy answer. No, uh, yeah, I don't. You know. can't give gifts, which is what an engagement ring is, and attach preconditions to it. Oh, do, I'm sorry. Did it say when she, after she passes after, or after, after he passes? After she passes. Well, I suppose no. You're right. She has to do whatever she wants with the ring, especially because it's not your mother. It's not her mother. Mm -hmm. It's not your daughter. She can mm -hmm. do whatever she wants with the ring. If she wants to do that, then it's fine. Don't 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 even bring the bring it up to her because she's just gonna piss her off. Yeah, so no no preconditions on the gift. No, no. you 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 can you can uh, no you can't. There's nothing. No, there's nothing no even mentioning no, it. Don't even don't even mention. We'll wrap up on this one. I've been seeing this woman for about a month. She's beautiful and smart and thinks I'm funny, which is a plus. <laughs> Sounds like you. <laughs> Are you cheating on me? <laughs> it's been getting more serious. But recently, when we were trying to decide which movie to see, some new info came to light. Ooh. It turns out she hates superhero movies and comic books. <laughs> oh, it gets worse. This is a total turnoff to me, to the point that I now think this relationship may be doomed. Oh, 
oh, oh. I just see it as a sort of litmus test for personal compatibility. Should I end things now before I get deeper, or am I being petty? Oh, okay, dude, just end it. Seriously, like, move on. Wait, what? I'm sorry. Why? I'm sorry. If I was this woman and I knew that he was writing about me, I'm not going to swear. I would say, go away (laughs) and take some other girl to the movies. Give me a break. So you're saying he should end it because he's... He's an idiot. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, he literally has this much of an issue with this. No, no, that poor woman, he needs to go. (laughs) And she needs to, if she knew, I wish she knew. He needs to tell her why. And then she'll go, okay, bye. (laughs) I guarantee she'd probably leave skid marks. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Wow. Gone so fast. But I agree with you, but for different reasons. If this is important to him, Mm -hmm. it sounds like it is. Mm-hmm. Then yes, he should leave her, yes. even though it's something that's stupid and petty and childish uh-huh. and utterly ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like let's say um, football. All right, let's say I, I watch football every single Sunday. Okay. If my wife hate or my girlfriend hated football, I'd be okay with that. I'd yeah. do one of two things: I'd uh-huh. go, honey, I'll see you after the game. Yeah. Or I won't watch football. Okay. But if you did watch football, I go, ah, Sean's watching footy right now. Like, whatever. I mean, welcome to every Australian woman's life. He's watching footy. He's down the pub with the boys. He's surfing. That's life. They're going to have different interests than you, dude. Now, yeah. for him, maybe this is, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the superhero thing is, is the key, where it's important that his partner participate in this fantasy life of superheroes. With him. And I get that. I I have no problem with that. It'd be like me being a a huge motorcycle racing fan and riding motorcycles and wanting a woman with me who participated in that activity with me, watching motorcycle racing, being on a motorcycle, either riding or on the back of mine or whatever, if if that was important to me. And if it wasn't, if she hated that activity, then maybe I wouldn't date that person. I think this is silly, but if it's important to you, if it's so important to you that you think you're asking, you're even asking the question instead of, instead of just going, "Oh, that's too bad," then yes, you, I, I think at this early stage of the relationship, you should definitely. <clears throat> well, but that gets into a conversation we've had before: is that you could sit down, and women are doing this as well, and men and women, especially now with dating sites and all that stuff. And you need to write it down. You need to say, "This is what I need a partner." Yep to enjoy that I also enjoy and you need to really itemize it and you need to make a list and make a picture of the perfect partner for you and you're either going to be incredibly disappointed and saddened because it's (laughs) never going to happen or you suck it up and just go oh well I'm not going to find that woman Do you know? I mean, make the list. Or you also see that some things are not as important as you thought they were. Yeah, when you, you make the list. Yeah, you could prioritize your list. And I think it's one of the advantages. And you and I have talked about this personally. Melissa is is uh, hopefully less so. Um, a little bit embarrassed about how we originally met online on a dating service. And don't take this the wrong way when I say this, but I loved dating services. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I told people, and it's very interesting. A lot of women 
feel the same way that you do about dating online. Is it just it's a little little skeevy? It's just it lazy. But I didn't I didn't yeah I didn't do it a lot. But it's the exact same thing. Not exact, but very similar to just going to a bar and looking around and seeing which guys might be interesting to you. It doesn't feel the same as a I know, woman. I know. It's not. Being online, you feel safe. You can start to have some chitty chat. You can start to feel it out. It's different for a woman, I think. But for, I, a, for a guy, I think guys go on and go, and they look at all the pictures <laughs> like they do in a bar. Oh, she's pretty. Oh, she's hot. Like I'll try and go over into her vicinity. And I think a lot of them, I'm just generally speaking here, go online and they just look at all the women that they just think are hot. And then they start to hone in on them. They throw out a fishing line and they reel it in and see what happens. One of the reasons why I liked online dating was that because you could get to know someone a little bit more without the physical being there. Do I kiss her? Do I hold her hand? Do I blah, 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 blah. You think about that kind of stuff. Yes. And that's where the superhero thing could be important. For me, I remember putting on my profile, my dating profile, I really like motorcycles. I mm-hmm. love motorcycles. Mm-hmm. I love riding. I love the act. Blah, blah, blah. If you don't like motorcycles, then we're not the, the, the people for you. And it pissed me off one time when I went on a date with a very lovely nurse in Vancouver who afterwards said, you know, we're not a match because you ride a motorcycle. I was like, it was on my profile. Mm-hmm. It said that I wasn't going to date anyone who didn't like motorcycles. So why did you even bother? I want my money back. Give me, give me 50 bucks back for the date because mm-hmm. we, we dated under false pretenses. Yeah. But at least there you can get very, very specific and say in my profile, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. That's if, true. If, you if, if you're up, being truthful. Yes. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Long walks in the beach in the rain. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. One of the websites I really liked was a website called OKCupid only because, and this is voluntary, you, they ask you hundreds of questions and you would answer the question, then you would say to OKCupid how important the answer was. That's so, a good idea. I like vanilla ice cream. No, I don't. How important is this? Not at all. Mm. And they would start rating you with other people and then show you people who there was there would certainly be some people that, that were very attractive. And you'd look and you'd see the rating and the comparison to you was really low. And you go, oh, that's weird. And you'd look at their answers to those questions. You go, oh. They believe this, or they think this, or they're of this political persuasion, or that kind of stuff. Why would they have even popped up, though? Wouldn't they give you the matches based on what you answered? Yes, but when you went and just looked around. Oh, you would around. just look. Oh, I see. I see. Right. And I like that because it allowed you to get to know someone a little bit better. That's kind of cool. Than just sitting in a bar picking up a stranger. Because if if people are going to be that. Um, you know, this person doesn't like superheroes and, oh my God, I really liked her, but now if, they, if you're going to be that picky, I think you might need to use that kind yes. of a, um, a, a way of looking for someone. If you're going to be that specific and go through these types of things and think, well, I can't accept a woman that doesn't like superheroes yeah, and comic right. book characters. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah. I don't mean to be... Then you wouldn't date her. We think that's silly and petty, but if to it's him impo- it's very exactly. important. Exactly, to that's him it's right. very important, and because it's very important to you, and you can't seem to get past that, mm-hmm. then you've got to move on. No matter how pretty and funny she is, or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, because what will happen is you'll ignore that. And I've seen this happen with, pe- with people. You'll ignore that big red flag mm. and then six months a year two years comes along and you're mad at her because she wouldn't go see Captain Marvel with you you know or she didn't like the new Superman movie or didn't like the new Spider-Man movie or wouldn't go to Comic-Con with you 
and all those things. And you start resenting her for, you do. for these things. And you don't want to do that. No, although it happens all the time it in relationships. Happen. Doesn't happen with us, though. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that you and I are, are distinctly incompatible with. One of my issues, I remember when we first started dating, and you mentioned this stuff, and I was like, oh, that's not, not going to work, was the fact that you spoke often in the early part of a relationship of the camping trips you had done with your husband. Oh, we didn't just do camping trips. Oh, yeah, you we did, did you like did. wilderness, exactly. like major wilderness stuff. That's right. You 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 hiked into the backcountry. Oh yeah, three days and set up a tamp, mm. can't, tent camp tent on on a glacier. And I'm like, yeah, we're not dating because I ain't never doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only way I'll ever be on a glacier is if I fell over a plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you get my ass to glacier. Well, you're very lucky because yes, I am. <laughs> because I did that for decades with Sean. Well, let's just say very, very intensely for the first decade. It was intense. We went in a van. We traveled for months and months in a VW van, way up north. We did everything. Rock climbing, glacier climbing, hiking, wilderness hiking, you name it. All, but that, all that outdoorsy shit. All the outdoorsy stuff. Canoeing, beautiful canoe trips. And I have to say it was a phenomenal experience and I'll never forget. But I was ready to start to go, let's do something different. Like, why don't we just take the kids and go to Mexico? And he wouldn't. And that was starting. I was thinking, well, I just want to do something different now. I mean, I don't mind going on a camping trip. But I'd like to do some traveling. And he wouldn't. So you're lucky I'm saturated. I was done. I'm very lucky. And so are you. Okay. Because, like I said, I was thinking, yeah, we're not going anywhere. This 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 will be a summertime because fling. Because of camping? Yeah, he thought no. I was a summertime fling, everybody. No, no, I thought camping was important to you. I oh. thought that was something you'd like to do and would want to do on a regular basis. Oh. Because I've, I've, I've seen people online when I was dating online, and they would say, I really like camping. Click. <laughs> no, done. no. No, done. Or, or pictures of them sitting around a fire going, my favorite place to be. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> you, even put, you even put the word outdoorsy in your profile. <laughs> Click, click, <laughs> delete. Well, you, we make a fire in our backyard, a beautiful fire. Yes, it's wonderful. It is, it's lovely. And we come in and sleep. Because there's a bathroom over here. <laughs> and a big comfy bed with a, heated, with a heated blanket. You guys, you know, people look at Sean as this great, big, yeah, imposing yeah. character. You guys Super have princess. no idea. He is such a princess. I really am. I mean, the, whole, I, I the heated in. sheet. The, I mean, you should see him in bed at yep. night. Oh, my God. I can't even describe oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a giant princess. <laughs> you are. I have no problem admitting it. Oh, my God. My idea of roughing it is no Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I'm getting you. I mean, I get you into the woods. Yeah, I get you into the woods. You said to me you would travel in one of those camper van things, which I could not believe. Now that I would because, and I'm talking about ones that got a shower and a little kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't really have. Sh- well, they have showers. Some of them ish, do. Yeah, yeah, you, know, ish. Ish. you can make an outdoor shower. Th- that I wouldn't mind because that would be more of um, uh, an adventure. 
from place to place, going to interesting places. Oh yes, and, and seeing them. I've for example, I've always wanted to go to uh, Zion National the National Parks in Utah. Oh yes, uh, Bryce Canyon and Zion and and the Arches and all those national parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you can't do that in flying in and then going to one of them. You have to travel around them. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. a camper van would would be perfect for that. I was so shocked when you said that. I oh, was yeah. like, huh? what? Well, the idea of going of going to if it was just you and me renting a camper van in Sydney and driving up to Cairns and going to the Great Barrier Reef and going snorkeling and that, yep. that kind of I I would absolutely do that. Kind of yeah, yep. my I, I my perfect goal bucket list would be to rent one of those in Europe with a motorcycle trailer in the back mm. and then travel around Europe, stop, get on the bike and then, and, mm-hmm. and then Yes, ride people around. do that. You see the motorbikes. Yeah. Yep. I yep. actually do that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, if it's, if it's straight up the traditional camping, here's your tent, go walk in the woods 15 mm. miles and then find a find a relatively flat spot. No, I'm not doing that. Oh yeah, no. If I, yeah. No, I've, I've had that time in my life. <clears throat> in the walk hiking for days and days, like West Coast Trail, yeah. seven days. Yeah, yeah. Although I do that again. But, I'm done. I'm, You'll do I'm, that alone. <clears throat> I would find other people to do it with, and I would send you photographs. <laughs> I'm not going on the West Coast Trail with you. You'd be miserable after <laughs> an hour. You'd be like, yeah, how, many, how long is it to the other end? I can't get Twitter. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Twitter's down. I have to go back. Sorry, Terry, but yeah. fucking Twitter. <laughs> oh, my. I've ordered Twitter out of my bed. And he hasn't quite managed it yet. I haven't. By the way, you can support this podcast as you can from all the Anchor podcasts. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Because you avoid the Twitter out of the bed thing. Of course I do. <clears throat> you're fully, fully, op- you're fully, fully uh, uh, being confessing that you're unable to get it out of the marriage bed. It's because you're being unreasonable. Whoa. <laughs> You can support this. Become a supporter. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can contribute 99 cents a month, 5 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, whatever you want. Just go to the website, click on the support this podcast. And, and if for, for $10, you can be a sponsor of this episode. And we will name you and do your little advertisement and, and tell for more than 5,000 people a show listen to this can oh you believe God. that no it makes me i wish she didn't tell me <laughs> really yeah we we average about a little over five thousand people a, an episode five thousand five hundred seventy nine we're not really not that interesting i think we are okay okay more, more see one of the problems is people don't get involved yeah and and this is true. I've been doing podcasting and online stuff for 25 years now, and it's a fascinating thing. We don't tell people when we like the thing that we like. We're more than happy to jump on Twitter and Facebook and complain about Amber Alerts and bitch about bad customer service right. and that kind of stuff. But when we like things, we don't support the things we like, either financially, 99 cents a month. Yeah. You could pay us 99 cents a month. 5,000 people listen to this show. If they... Contributed 99 cents a month, less than a buck a month. Yes. Do you know how much fun we could have? Wow. You know how you know more interesting we could do things? We could do, we could do just stuff, just stupid amounts we of stuff. We could. We could do interesting, lots of different and stuff. And it would be about this. Is what I mean. We would, <clears throat> we would do DLTU in Florence. 
Mm. You know, we would do deal to you in 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 New York and and all that kind of stuff because mm. that'd be nice. Interesting. But people and so that's financially. But even email wise, people will go. I really like that show. You do it. I've seen you do it. Where you you'll you'll see something on Instagram. Oh, this is really pretty, and you'll scroll past it without liking or making a comment. Same I, with Facebook. True, but people I will tell you, I don't like things anymore because I'm worried about what else is going to pop up just because I liked something. Understood, but still that what, bothers what, me. What I'm saying is, we don't communicate to creators. To people who do things that we enjoy, whether that be a store. I was at a store and this clerk named Joanne was really, really nice. I, I did this uh, the other day. A, a friend named Rob Griffith in Portland, Oregon was talking about his uh, local uh, car company. Uh, sorry, tire company. Uh, he had um, uh, a nail in the tire and he went in and they fixed it for free. Yes. That's fantastic. Now, yes. and, and I said on Twitter, that's great. Here in British Columbia, Cal Tire does the same thing. Yes. If you're in British Columbia and you get a a uh, flat, you bring the tire into Cal Tire. Even if you didn't buy the tire from them, mm-hmm. they'll fix it for you for free mm-hmm. if they can. Mm-hmm. Assuming, assuming they can. That's fantastic customer service. It is. They do it here too, up the road. And that's that's something that <coughs> should be celebrated, recognized, and yeah. recognized, people, and mentioned, and told yes. to other people because there's so much negativity from presidents on down that we don't have a nearly enough positive stuff. So if you can't Support someone financially by buying their products or donating money or whatever it is. At least send them an email saying, hey, I really like this. Yes. And it's whether it's a podcast or a website or a Twitter account, whatever it is. Reach out because you have no idea. Until you start being a creator, you have no idea how important that little email is that lets you keep going for another <clears throat> True. week or a day. Or, yes. hey, someone out there appreciates what I'm doing. I'll work a little harder. I'll, I'll, I'll think about them when I do this. Mm-hmm. It makes a big difference. DLTU at YML.me if you'd like to do that. Uh, this has been another edition, the 49th edition of Don't Listen to Us. I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And we thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Bye. See ya.